0: Well, Puncher said I should drink a Jack and Bourbon, and that's what I'm doing right now. And I'm done and caught myself a little bit of a buzz here. So.
1: Yeah, me too, me too. <laughs> a good buzz, actually.
0: So like I'll, tell you, I'll tell you, a funny story. So, yeah, because you would mention the uh, the um the episode where I basically just woke up. I have no idea how I got there, and I just woke up in front of the computer. So, uh, the um, my son had another. Uh, my my second my second oldest he had a, a kind of a, a thing where he was like he held like he was part of a bunch of kids that held like the the, the American flag during the national anthem before like a college hockey game, uh-huh. and it was part of a bunch of parents that were there for like a like a, a thing and one of the parents was like oh I'm sorry I don't remember you and the <laughs> her fucking hus- husband came over. And said, oh, you don't remember him from the fucking (laughs) axe throwing? (laughs) From the axe (laughs) throwing. He knew you were from that. That's that's the night that happened, and I I didn't even ask any other questions. I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know what I did that Uh, made myself memorable to him the night of the axe throwing. Uh, I'm Nordic. <laughs>
1: I know a lot of drunks, and I, I know a good drunk when I see one. You're a good drunk, so don't worry. <laughs> you know? Well, I, tr- <laughs> I try. I try to be good at everything I do, even when I'm throwing axe. <laughs>
0: so far...
1: Devil's Island. Where we were forced to work, it was when I saw that, that the penny dropped. It was there that the objective of this transportation suddenly appeared perfectly clear to me. And it was to eliminate us legally, to destroy us. We were chained, forced to work here in the swamps. In the water. In places where nothing could
2: ever bear fruit. I won't be as kind as Devil's Island, (laughs) dude.
0: (laughs) Devil's Out, yeah.
1: Devil's Out, yeah. yeah. Devil's Out,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. Devil's
1: Out, yeah. Greg alluded to it before being his least favorite original track of this record. Yes. I would come in saying I haven't been that critical to this tune. Uh, I found it like slightly cartoonish, which we mentioned last time, right? Uh, it's part of Megadeth for me. I always thought yeah. about this Tintin, you know. Do you know that? Comm- uh, not commercial. Do you know that cartoon, Tintin? Mate. It's uh, actually not French. Rent, it's rent. Belgian. Uh,
2: Tintin? No, no. Yeah, Tintin. He's, he's, like Uf- yeah, he's a little. Uh, he's got a journalist with a little coiff hair. He's from Belgium with a little dog called Snowy. In, in France, or Mauritius, they call him Tantan. That's his original ah, name Tintin. tan yes. yeah. Okay. Yes.
1: He looks like Bron Daler, you know Bron Daler from. Yeah, from. I'll, yeah.
2: From I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you a stupid story. When I was a child, I used to read the Tintin books. I used to just devour them. I loved them. Like we're talking, including six, Devil's six, Island, six t- right? Yeah, including Devil's Island from six to ten, mm-hmm. and there was a character in there called Captain Haddock who used to drink a lot of Scotch whiskey. Mm -hmm. And he was always drinking this Scotch whiskey. And I read these books and I was like, this must be the greatest drink ever. It must be better than lemonade or Coke or whatever. So I snuck down to my parents' liquor cabinet, found my dad's Scotch, poured myself a glass and drank it. And I almost died on the spot. It was the hottest thing that's ever gone. (laughs) So people who say video games and books don't affect your children, wrong.
1: (laughs) I made a song uh, together with my friend Antonio about Captain Haddock, entitled Captain Haddock. I'll send it to you later.
2: Oh, you need to. Oh you need to. He's He's one of the heroes of the fictional world, Captain Haddock.
1: Yeah, the chorus is Labyrus Scum, Carpaceous Caterpillars, Miserable Molecules of Mildew.
2: Oh brilliant. Oh. Blistering yeah. Barnacles.
1: That too. That's that's the next line. You know it.
2: Oh <laughs> I, yeah, so good. That that and asterisks. they were two classics. Harvis <laughs>
1: elegance. För du ses bäst, du passar på
0: Våra galler, de är istället att slå Fixat låt, du kan göra guliks Vilken chans, med om du möter all-
1: I asked you before, Greg, about uh, which songs are um, of the occult on this record, and we didn't include this one. You said maybe Alcatraz. I did look this up uh, before, and it's about another prison island, not Alcatraz.
0: Oh, it's not not about Alcatraz. Okay. Uh, Devil's
1: Island was a penal colony in French Guiana. Active from 1852 to 1946. Thank you, Wikipedia. Okay. And uh, uh, also based uh, is the base of the book Papillon, or Papillon, perhaps, is a soft white. Yeah, Papillon. There. Okay. Papillon. So it's based on that book and a film, too, by the same title. Uh, yes. That's what I know about it, but uh, kind of intriguing. I guess slightly more intriguing than just Alcatraz.
2: So, yeah, Papillon is French for butterfly. And it's a, um, yeah, courtesy of my wife. But it's, um, I have seen that movie many years ago. It was one of my parents' favourites. And he gets locked in this prison and he has to try and escape. Steve McQueen and Dustin Hoffman. And he's underground for so long with no light. Like his teeth are falling out and all this sort of stuff. It's like a, if you think sort of Count of Monte Cristo, but ten times worse, it's kind of similar to that. Um, And I think Mustaine said in a couple of concerts, that's where he got the concept From it's a you know then the modern Papillon don't bother with it the 1973 Steve McQueen Dustin Hoffman is particularly if you've got kids who are about 12 years old and you're bored on a Saturday afternoon with nothing to do put it on it's it's enjoyable.
1: Um. I, b- I bet it is. Uh, Monte Cristo was something my dad read to me because he only read stuff that he actually still liked. Mm. That was his, his method, you know, for, for putting me to sleep. And Monte Cristo was one of them. So I immediately thought of, of that one now. And apparently yeah. this was a very brutal prison colony, this one. Yeah. Uh, like uh, unusually brutal, I guess, uh, judging by the standards of prison colonies. Which eating insects. Brutal. Yeah, <laughs> eating
2: insects, no light in damp, dark conditions, you know, terrible. So, yeah, he, ch- he chose a good one. But it was a pretty famous movie in its time. So, it doesn't surprise me that he saw that movie when he would. It came out in 1973. He was born in 61. Yes. He would have been 12. So, he probably saw it when he was somewhere between 12 and 15, 16. Perfect time to stick in your brain and become a song when you're 21 or something. Yeah,
1: you've got those vivid memories and you bring them out in, in, in reform, I guess. Yeah, that's it. We've been pretty favorable to this album at large, so uh, don't hold off on your criticism. Uh, I will Neither of you, because uh, I guess this is uh, could be an opportunity to uh, shed some, um, what's the word? Yeah, some critique on, on this record, which we haven't really done on any of the original tunes.
2: One thing I did discover when I was reading about this, this was supposed to originally be on Killing Is My Business, which I'd never heard this before. Um, it's been and performed
1: very early, right? It's been yeah. performed in, in the early years. Yeah,
2: yeah, I didn't realize, but it was especially in Killing's was my business. But they obviously it didn't make the cut, or they held it off, or whatever.
0: Yeah, they had they had a lot of crossover on basically the first three records. Mm. They were they were playing stuff that ended up like if you see a set list from a, a gig they would have done in like '84, you know, even before they even had the lineup that ended up being the first album. Like even before yep. they had Gar mm-hmm. and uh, Chris Paul, and this is back when they had like the 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 Dave and the Dave and Lee Rash or Lee yeah. Roush and Kerry King lineup. They were playing stuff that ended up on all the first three, or not all of the but they had material that was ended up on the first three records at that point. So I mean, they they basically it, some of those songs ended up on so far so good. It definitely took time for them to uh, really fully develop them to the point where they felt mm. they were ready to record them, for sure.
1: Blood and Honor, I looked it up. The track that we played, the live track, Blood and Honor, 84, I believe, mm-hmm. that was with one guitar. Only Dave was the guitar on that one. Mm.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And Set the World of Fire, I didn't realize, but that um, was um, originally, he he commenced that sort of way back in the day. 84 and it obviously didn't get on till um, so far as so a good so what, till much later so um, and there's a bunch of other songs here yeah, that uh, that didn't but i did devil's island was one that i had no idea i just assumed that was a peace cells uh originator but obviously not
1: we're ready to for the brutal prison colony or yes yeah then we go Very classic Megadeth sound here. The whole thing.
2: Yes. No,
0: no, 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 no. It's like a faster Am I Evil.
2: <laughs> it's a great intro. Mm-hmm.
1: Base break. I don't have too much to say about the intro. It's just that it reminds me of something. Me and my drummer would always joke about being like uh, a melody. I think we, it's Mephisto or something. It's like, da, 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 <laughs> <laughs> It gives me that vibe, you know, a kind of funny evil or funny ominous or something. No, no, that works. I Theatrical label. Yeah. Classical for dummies or something.
2: The finger tapping part that Dave does in there, that's, he, he's not a big finger tapper. He's not a, you know, I know there's um, looking down the cross which is kind of different in the style he does, but he's not a guy that does massive amounts of that. I think that might be the only finger tapping part he has on the whole album, um, but it works. And, and the
1: weird slow conjuring, you know, uh, I think there there might be a tap in there. Yeah, it's not for speed. It's not. The, the no, it's more that a, a tap yeah, in.
2: like the looking down the cross one. It's a bit more of a slower version. Yes. But that's more. It's one of the few Eddie Van Halen sort of style finger tapping parts that he has. Um, and live, that start is brilliant. I mean, it you know on the album, it's yeah, it's good live it actually really sort of takes a life of its own
1: then you get this bass break right which is kind of badass i guess uh, i like it
2: yes and i think i i was i was thinking about it was like it was all hands down except for ellison no pun intended hmm. <laughs> is that too far for the podcast
1: no. <laughs> definitely not i did not get that there must must be a translation thing <laughs>
2: <laughs> but the dynamic shift there is quite good you know and that's that sort of stuff that you came to expect from dave later on but he's producing mm-hmm. it early you know there's a lot of like explosions going on with drum and bass and guitar and stuff and then there's just that stop and just the ding ding ding, ding, ding. It, you know it works very well right stands out
1: a bit I don't, I don't think metallica ever did that you know that the bass takes on the riff lead riff role like that you know mm-hmm. uh, they've mm. had some like isolated bass things but uh, not really of this kind I think uh, I mean, or to include Maiden for example, there's, it's a very standing out bass but I don't think he ever did this you know, just carry the riff mm. alone like a typical Hetfield break, only mm-hmm. it's junior
2: I'm sure someone would tell us if, if that's not true <laughs> Definitely, and uh, feel free oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: Alright, heading onward This is what you don't like, right, Greg?
0: Yeah, that's one of the things I don't like—the the, uh, the, nah, pr- nah, the nah, progression nah, of the chords, nah, nah, nah. yeah, vocal pattern. There really not a lot for me to like there too much.
2: I did have the fading away as a classic sort of mustache style there.
1: Like uh this is the part you that annoys you right Greg there? It's it's,
0: just, it's, it's a combination of the vocal pattern and, and the actual um riff. The riff. Yeah, it's just it's just it just never <sighs> I hate to be snobby about it, just never ever sat right with me, you know.
1: It's I just would never... contrast that in a way, you know, it's definitely, I see what you say, but it was also quite re- memorable for me as a as a kid, somehow, you know, it's sort of catchy, sort of sticky, sticks to you in a way. Well, I'll give you that. Both yeah. the chorus with the hockey choir and also the uh, uh, nursery rhyme, schoolyard rhyme, verse, which it very much is, you know. races like the wind execution's near, I Death and yes, I have no fear Devil in the Darkness and Evil Wonder Free here on Devil's Island the final stop for me. Devil's Island Uh Squalibita Bing Bong. You got you guys probably have that melody too. I I I'm not I wouldn't guess it's a Swedish one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a yeah. yeah I
2: think I'm with Greg on it. I mean, I, I, like, yeah, look, it's probably one of my lesser songs on the album. It's still a good song. But that part in particular is probably the, the least liked part of the song, if that makes any sense. Um, and, you know, look, it's good. It's probably better than a lot of other bands around at the time, but it's not yeah. groundbreaking, brilliant, you know, anything like that. Colors but hey. It's
1: kind of fun. Gallop, you know. There No, yeah. Kind of fun.
2: That bit afterwards with just a diddly, 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 diddly. that's good,
1: yeah. I mean, I would I would call it fun at the very least.
2: Yeah, um, and and I also think, like I said earlier, like I think live it actually sounds a lot better than it does when you're sitting in your room, you know, on a CD or record or streaming it or whatever. I think live it just comes across better because I would I saw them in concert and I was like, oh, Devil's Islands on the set list. Oh, here we go. Like, can't they replace that with Ashes <laughs> in Your Mouth times five hundred? and oh, um, yeah and oh, yes. no but they didn't but but in fairness it was actually <laughs> pretty good live so
1: uh, right uh this probably they've, they've we can talk about that now it's important to mention has this been included a lot in the live sets and also the one we talked about i guess last week then uh good morning black friday have these songs been included a lot in the, in the live sets because i'm not a setlist nerd for this band so i'm not sure about that i
0: think the last time i was aware of good morning black friday being in the set would have been the rust and peace tour and um, as far as just being in in being the set list or, or the live, uh, you know, scheme of things, I, I don't think it's been. Uh, well, it's on "Root Awakening." Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. With the Dovers, it's, right? It's or not. No, no, no. That's that's with Al Petrelli and Jimmy DeGrasso. Ah. ah gotcha. Um And it's not good. Mustaine, you could tell at that point that the, that it's out of his range. And he's just
2: trying to... I don't even know if he's nailing the words. They've played Good Morning Black Friday 109 times live. Okay. And they have played Devil's Island 270 times live. And for reference, and Peace and their biggest, Their biggest song, Peace Cells... 1,723 times live. That makes more sense. That's yeah. a lot. that's, a lot. I think so, that's yeah.
1: more than Metallica churned out Master even, I think. Yeah. Maybe not.
2: So I was probably pretty lucky to hear them play. Well, all those songs definitely. are half as long as Master. That's for sure. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's obviously in the lower echelon of, you know, played classic songs. But it's. Um, I find that actually with a lot of... Um, Megadeth for me is a real studio band. Like I love listening to their albums, studio content. I don't think they're as good live as they are studio, um, but some of the songs do surprise. I mean, we mentioned God, I am going to get ripped for this, but these boots earlier. I think they it, live. It's it's you know it's not brilliant, but it's fine. Um, and mm-hmm. I think Devil's Island is similar. I think you know on the album, you know it's a good song, it's okay, like whatever. But I think live it does come across better with that sort of bash and crash at the start, and then the sort of move the dig, 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 dig stuff. Uh, And I think Mm -hmm. any song probably in the 80s where they do the group chorus at the end, not unlike Black Friday, um, you know, people loved it back in the day.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. You almost opened up a crown of worms or a can of worms right there because uh, Greg knows I've been holding off purposely on talking about Megadeth Live. Uh, So I've been talking exclusively about Studio Megadeth and that's kind of the Megadeth that... uh, I mean, not to spoil too much or uh, foreshadow too much, but it's been very much a studio band for me as well. I
2: couldn't agree mm. more with that. 100%. And, I, you know, there's other bands, you know, whether you love them or hate them, Kiss Live compared to Kiss Studio is a million times better. But Megadeth is kind of the opposite of those guys where it's like the studio is the is the way of the future. It's, it's interesting. And I think, you know, if you can transcend both uh, and certain bands have those periods where they do, brilliant.
1: so let's listen we're at two minutes point anyway in the song yep. and uh, we, what we said so far is a brutal prison colony and Greg doesn't like that it sounds like a schoolyard rhyme <laughs> that's well, right yes. that's pretty much it yeah uh, and I think the chorus is kind of cool it's fun
0: yes there's, there's an awesome riff in the song that I like that's basically what saves it fun. me Here it comes. Mm. Yeah.
1: Awesome riff. Mm-hmm. I like that they make that break so long, too. It's mm-hmm. not just like, here's the riff let's continue this is like really like uh, listen again this is this is the riff and it is a really good riff one of many on this record oh yeah riff feast
2: final judgment, final judgment. this is
0: a uh, mustaine ripping leads wild yeah
1: really chaotic and then you get this this bit's great very mega death this one i could
2: have almost been five magic
1: yep yeah na 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 gregory and na 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 na
2: <laughs>
1: yeah
0: you're <laughs> it
2: greg Greg is just
0: sleeping. I just don't like that part, man. Just, uh, I I got it. I got it. I also, the rude awakening version is really really bad because Mustaine. You can tell the song is probably just starting to get out of his range, and you can't understand anything he's saying. And I also think it's just just a bad representation of. Like, I just, how could you perform this song knowing that this is what you sound like singing it? There's no enunciation just too far out of his range but he's still trying to go for it so i guess i can admire that but like it's just mankind has got to know his limitations
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what guys I'm, I'm kind of coming on board with you yeah, that this song is definitely the weaker track on this record uh, out of the originals and even that uh, is uh, i i would say rarely uneventful for being a Uh, you know, an active part of this record. It's just like that verse he did before on top of that was basically just like someone that needs to get these words in. Yeah. Like uh, someone told him, I need this, I need all these words in here, which I haven't felt on any other track on the record. Right. I'm kind of with
2: you on that. I just think when you hear... When you hear that breakdown, like dig and then you compare it to which we mentioned earlier, and it's like it's kind of its poor, it's like the Diet Coke version of that conjuring riff. <laughs> yeah. And like you know, instead yeah. sort of going for it, but it's not working. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's still better than probably most of the stuff that was coming out at that time. Um, but it's it's clearly not one of the better ones off on the album. If If you are going to give some credit to Devil's Island, though, I reckon the drums is where it's at. Like, particularly in that second half, the drum fills and stuff, like if you listen to the isolated tracks, they are exceptional. Like the guitar over the top is like, yeah, okay, it's pretty good. It's Mustang, whatever. The singing is fine, whatever else. but the drums in there like, the, that sort of stuff is really high quality.
1: Very snappy drumming. Very. Nice double bass here, too. Yeah. Very fluid. Or fluent, I should say. Very fluent. And Ellefson works well with it in Phoenix. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a lot better than the track. To me.
2: Um, and it's unfortunate, really, because when you listen to the song, you don't necessarily take that into account because you're a Megadeth fan and you love Dave Mustaine and his guitar and all that sort of stuff. But I think if you give it the time, that part of it is exceptional. Having said that, you listen to Good Morning Black Friday and the whole thing's exceptional, including the drums.
1: So comparatively, mm-hmm. it's
2: way ahead. But if you want to give it so its due, the drums for me and my notes for this song was the drums of the hero. Uh,
1: again, great Chris Poland solo. A lot of attitude in that guy. I mean, if he's the jazz Mm. guy or the smooth guy, he sure as hell has a lot of rocking attitude as well. Absolutely. Wide-legged, you know, broadband.
2: Chris Gard dragged that song to sort of acceptability, um, and and yeah. they really, particularly with Dave Ellison, because who's obviously a bit more passive than Mustaine. I mean, he's just, mate, you're doing this and you're going to fucking go along with it, and yeah. it just, yeah. sorry if that needs to be edited out, but he just <laughs> he just gets dra- <laughs> he just gets dragged oh, along with it, and he's points. kind of got no choice. And I think it's interesting when you think of some of the other bands in metal at that time. That sort of bass drum combination was kind of they didn't really understand it. But you can tell Gar and, and Chris have just turned to those other two guys and go, "Yeah, this is what you need to do." When I hit the bass drum, you're doing this. When I move to this rhythm, you're doing this. Like they just get it. Mm-hmm. And as much as you may dislike that song, it does have that sort of like. I mean, if you actually remove the distortion out of that, it's I don't know. It's like a jig or something. You know, it's got a yeah, it's got a real dance sort of feel to it. Once again, not a lot of other bands producing that sort of stuff at that time with the rhythm section.
1: Yep. Uh, Greg, uh, clarify on this. Could it be that we're sleep deprived or is this song a little fatiguing? Just a little bit, you know. A little bit wearing on the the old ears. Or could it just be us? Uh, I mean, there's one really awesome
0: riff in it, but I think sleep deprivation present or not, it's not a song that... It's really gonna get me fucking moving or, or jazzed up or, or anything like that, so. But the sleep deprivation definitely doesn't help us quite.
2: And there it is. The absolutely necessary wave hitting the rocks. I mean, without that, you wouldn't listen to the song, surely. It's necessary.
0: <laughs> 100% necessary. Mandatory.
2: Yeah. Clearly one is better than the other. Good Morning Black Friday, classic, brilliant, great song, aggressive, hard, fast, whatever. Devil's Island, probably a bit more run-of-the-mill, does have its moments. Um, not my most memorable song. And I must say, when it was put forward, those two, I was like, can't I have Bad Omen? I really wanted Bad Omen, <laughs> Good Morning Black Friday. That would have been my perfect, my perfect two to do. Um, look, Peace Cells, I think, is a seminal metal album and arguably Megadeth's best um, some will say Rust in Peace, others will say others. But I think between Rust in Peace and Peace Cells, they're the two that are duking it out for Megadeth's best. And and I would say they're in the top whatever of thrash metal albums of all time. Uh, it's an album that had a serious impact on, um, I think, the general population at the time. You know, the MTV um, bass run from Peace Cells. I want to watch the news, all that sort of stuff. Like P cells. This itself. is the news. Yeah, this is the news. Yeah, this is the news. That was it. Yeah, that had a genuine um, impact. I think for metal bands who listen to a song like Wake Up Dead, you know, If You Loved Merciful Fate and King Diamond, it was riff-tastic. Like it had every riff that you could think of in there, every weird solo. Um, it was just fantastic. And to start off an album like that, and also essentially it was a love song. Really, (laughs) I mean, not a a great love song, but (laughs) but but it was a love song, and then you move to The Conjuring, which is just pure, like you know, satanic and all that sort of stuff, and bad omen, etc. It covered a lot of different bases. Um, for me, Peace Cells is it's not a perfect album, but as far as Megadeth, I mean, what Megadeth album is perfect, but it's it's not far off. Um, I think from the cover of the album which is amazing through Mm -hmm. to the the theme of the album which also hits the nail on the head through to the particularly in 1986 with the cold war and everything else that was going on through to the very last song it it doesn't relent it is uh but it does have an element of fun to it and if i could sit down in 1986 right now and of all the albums that came out there it's really between it and Master of Puppets and for me I would probably and obviously I'm a Megadeth lover but I'd probably choose Peace Cells but I would probably but as an album but I would probably have Master of Puppets as the song is that and I song? yeah and, and I don't think anyone can argue with that now if you're talking Master of Puppets versus Holy Wars there's a different story entirely but you know for 1986 mm-hmm. that's what it is so for me I think Peace cells is a, if it's not a 10 out of 10, it's somewhere in the nines. Um, and looking back on it historically, it's sad that Gar and Chris in many ways didn't continue on to so far so good so what. Well. But then again, we never would have had Marty and Nick um, mm-hmm. for the whole uh, Rust and Peace initiative. So let us give it i will give it a, I'll give it a, four point two five out of four and a half (laughs) (laughs) rattleheads.
1: i like your scale yeah (laughs) it's an interesting scale they just change it up ever so slightly and it all becomes angular
2: (laughs) that's it Hmm. one of mustang's great quotes was you know you've got your you've got 20 years to make your first album you've got six months to make your second that's his that's a quote of his and i think he's spot on you know like let's be honest there's not that many bands out that have come up with a second album that's good a lot of just drop away and it is of extremely high quality, and also, it, it gave us the opportunity to see someone that had been in a position where they could have, they he could have walked quietly into the darkness. Killing Me's My Business was not objectively, probably not that great, and certainly wasn't as good as some of the competitors at the time. And he really stepped it up on this. Mm-hmm. and you know his contemporaries and we spoke about Lars earlier they came out and said it was great yeah. a whole bunch of other yes. people that had no business in liking him said it was great uh, and there's bands like Death Angel who say like you know the thing we loved about this guy was he didn't play chords he played a solo as the rhythm um, yes. and you move to hook and mouth and, and that was the evolution of that sort of stuff so I think if we look at it comparatively it is a a great album, but it's also quite a different album, I think, from what some of the other people were coming out with. But also, mm-hmm. compared to what he did before, it was just leaps and bounds ahead of production uh, and and everything that goes into making a classic album. So, it all fit. It all fit. That's it. And I think without P Cells, you probably don't have Megadeth. Mm. Like if they had, if he would produced a stinker with P Cells well, you probably would have got a third album that would have been even worse, and it was Catch You Later. But that actually allowed him to have So Fast is Good So What, which I love, but I get objectively is probably not as good, which then gave us Rust in Peace and so on and so forth. So kudos to him, all power to him. That's, that's a
0: great point. That's a great point. That's it's a very pivotal point. record. It was, conceivably could have been the make or break, you
1: know? That was it. Yeah, probably was. Probably was a very important record, and uh, I'll take the opportunity now because I realize, like my little f- foresight of how this is going to be edited, you're going to be in three episodes. But I'll take the <laughs> opportunity now, uh, whether or not it's going to be in the first, the second, the third, to uh, to give you a big uh, up for joining us as the first guest here and uh,
0: Absolutely. giving
1: us a lot of good insights. Uh, and clearly, we need to get you back because uh, uh, we're all falling asleep because we have too much to say
2: (laughs) (laughs) and and also likewise you know i really want to thank you guys for having me on it's been fantastic but not only that thank you guys for doing this podcast i mean someone who's actually got an endeavor um an inquisitive and ingenious mind needed to take this on equivalent to the guys in megadeth and i think you guys are doing a fantastic job it's been great listening to it and just to be a small part of it it's a real honor so thank you so much
0: well thank you for the kind words and, and thank you for the insight you know I mean definitely contributed you know knowledgeable uh, contribution to the episode you know and very, much, uh, so. Yeah, very much so yeah it's, absolutely it's great it's great to, to share share this with people who are of like minds and, and share similar interests so I mean that's really the, the, the great part about this whole thing for me is that it it, it shrinks the world you know
2: yes And I think one of the other things that's really key is that, you know, we talked about this earlier, um, Jonathan and I, it's like, you know, Twitter is really full on and aggressive and particularly, you know, there's the Megadeth Metallica rivalry, there's thrash versus whatever. It's like, guys, can't we just sit down and have like a fun conversation about this? People put out their opinions and have a good time. And then at the end of it, if you don't agree, we can still have a respectful conversation about it. And I think that's what you guys are doing really well. And I think the other guy, you know, you mentioned the Deep Purple podcast. Legends, mm. great guys, Black Sabbath podcast, great guy. I mean, there's so many good guys in this network and I think it's bringing to light some of these really interesting things about these albums and and deep dives and also just bringing people together and having a conversation. And I think that's the more of that, the better. Three o'clock Wednesday afternoon, Sydney, King's Cross, which is like the dodgy part of Sydney. I'm walking along wearing a Countdown to Extension shirt with two guys I work with and some random guy yells at Megadeth fucking suck, I hate Dave Mustaine, go <laughs> Metallica. Just some random guy on the side of the road. And, and I was just like, I just sent him and was just like, yeah, okay, great, thanks mate.
1: So far, so bad.
2: Are you, Greg, you all right, mate? <laughs> <laughs> doing all right. I'm doing all right. If you get really tired,
1: uh, it's okay to to also jump to bed, and I'll finish the song. So don't worry about it.
0: I don't think we've got trying, long to go. I'm trying hard over here. I'm just trying to i'm sorry i'm just it's fucking really late over here <laughs> it was a it was a long day over here and uh it's probably a States. long week yeah, it was a long week yeah it was a long week at the end of the uh, the work week so i'm holding on i apologize i apologize for being hostage <laughs> on this island
1: and it's a brutal prison colony i yeah, feel for you
0: i'm uh i'm trying to uh pay very close attention but uh, i think my uh my level of exhaustion is starting to uh, overtake my uh, exuberance and and contributing to the conversation. So I, c- I can
1: don't worry if you need a tap out. I'll I'll, I'll cover up for you.
0: Oh, I can uh, hang on as well as I can. I mean, just by the fact that I just fell asleep right now is probably <laughs> a good, <laughs> good sign. <laughs> this is the first. Usually, I mean, I've basically I've shown up any weird time. Yeah. Yeah, I've shown up. This is the first time I've ever really kind of had like a, an issue trying to. <laughs> withstand so it must have been a it was a rough day but um
2: yeah I'll, I'll, <laughs> I, I was gonna say i said the podcast was so good that greg fell asleep and then you okay. cut me off <laughs> i must i tell you what i must be doing well <laughs> I'm just concerned that my um, effect that I'll have on your audience if uh, he's fallen asleep midway
1: through. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. Uh, Greg is not back, uh, and I don't want to pester him to come back. <laughs> Maybe no, he's, if he's tired. Going he's going to tired. sleep now, Shit. so let's continue. Yes. Uh, I mean, I, I, I tapped out from an episode before, so uh, coincidentally before today I just slept a whole lot, so uh, I'm, uh, oh, I'm fine over here. And you're in the middle of the day, so you're clearly f- fine.
2: Yeah. Full disclosure, I've had about five hours sleep, and I travelled from Sydney to back to Perth. I'm exhausted, but I feel—I actually feel a lot better than Greg. I'm feeling pretty good. So, <laughs> there he is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Rivers Island is not the song to to reinvigorate us, is it? Not no, not
0: not for me personally. No, it's not. Maybe we, it's just, we should have done
2: it first. <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe <laughs> yeah. Cuz Black it's fitting Black Friday now. is probably my favorite song on the whole record.
1: Oh, is it really? It I might be. that now before you fall asleep, Greg. That needs to be that <laughs> needs to be addressed. It it really is the best I th- I think just because it's so kind of
0: it's the most grandiose grandiosely present presentation of a song on the record. It's just got so many moods and so many vibes and it's got my favorite solo and it's got them ripping and you know F sharp and it's a song that I again like I said before it's it's a song that I always thought would be great to hear a death metal band specifically Cannibal Corpse do you know it lends itself to that perfectly especially with the lyrics and the song can make up for anything that was done wrong namely I Ain't Superstitious or you know Devil's Island
1: the current one yeah also I would say like if I somehow got responsible in phrasing your obituary it would say greg de pasquale year year and then it would say fast shit rules
0: <laughs> fast shit rules <laughs>
1: <laughs> and yeah. good morning is a fast song that is
0: right. i think it actually it might be that's it, it's probably the fastest song on, on the record when it when it kicks up into that tempo almost slayer beat it's very close i think the yeah. uh, the only time they ever get closer than that it would be on fff off of cryptic writings oh yeah it's a sudden
1: sudden two beat right
0: yeah but um, I think uh, Black Friday is definitely the fastest it really hits all the um, all the classic uh, best tropes of uh, thrash in that era it's fast it's got violent lyrics you know it's just super well done
1: it makes metal grandpa Greg put his shades on and ignore his grandchildren
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's right (laughs) that's right